Welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I am your host. We bring you interviews with makers and artists of all kinds from all over the world that identify as female, non-binary, or transgender. This episode, I chat with Gabs Conway. Gabs is a sculptural ceramic artist based in Missoula, Montana. Having grown up in Missoula, she was excited to return as she re relentlessly considers it home after earning her BFA at the University of Wisconsin, Stout. Her work stems from the playful, mundane experiences of living. She explores relationships such as that of siblings, friends, and lovers interested in creating forms for the reflection of human experience, asking the viewer to consider their appreciation of life and to humble the adornment of our physicality. She remains curious of the inherent biological responses of living and what it means to exist together in an ever-changing world. Um, it was a pleasure getting to chat with Gabs and learn more about her process, how she came to her very uh, distinctive type of work, um, aesthetic of her work, and um, so excited to share this conversation with you for sure. Before hopping into that, I want to give you a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you, Matthew from Artigiano Serio, Candice, CJ Woodgrain, Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin Lefty's Woodshop, Christy Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel Moody Makes, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Brandy Studio Obey, Ellen Little Bear Furniture and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you so very much for your continued ongoing support. All right, let's head on into my conversation with Gabs Conway. Okay. Well, I like to start by asking my guests to introduce themselves. So would you do that for me? Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Gabs Conway. Um, I'm a sculptural ceramicist and I'm based out of Missoula, Montana. Um, and I've only been out of this, out of undergrad for about a year and a half. So really jumping into the swing of things. Awesome. And uh, would you please share your pronouns with us? Yes, I go by she, her. Awesome. And same for me. Um, Okay, so before we get to the, you know, what's going on right now, I want to just like understand kind of the broader picture of Gabs and be like, you know, where were you born? You know, where'd you grow up? And kind of what's the path that got you here? Yeah, um, man, I feel like uh, just living in Missoula, I have to tell this story a lot, actually, because so I grew up, or I was born in Rochester, Minnesota, um, and my parents had me when they were just finishing high school. Um, so they ended up going to school in Mankato, Minnesota, and I just kind of followed along, you know, 
And my dad actually studied ceramics. So I ended up going to class with him a lot. And um, so I grew up, you know, doing a little bit of ceramics here and there. I, I made a lot of uh, clay snails. <laughs> um, yeah. And then um, my mom wanted to go to grad school. So we moved out here to Missoula, Montana. And so we moved here when I was about four. And yeah, we lived here until I was about 16 or 17. Um, and my grandpa had gotten sick. So we moved back to Rochester, Minnesota to be with him. And so I finished high school in Rochester, Minnesota. And then I was like, well, I got to pick a school to go to. Um, I actually had my heart set on going to Duluth. And I I looked at like eight different schools. Um, and I don't, I don't know what it was, but I decided to go to Stout, uh, which is a very small school. Um, it's in Menominee, Wisconsin. And it's the town itself is not remarkable. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a sweet town, but you know, it's it's nothing to write home about. Yeah, something about when I went and visited that school, I was like, yeah, this is where I want to go. And so, yeah, I ended up going to South. Um, and then once I finished, I moved back here. And then that's what's been up. Okay. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so you're definitely like hardcore kind of Midwesterner um, throughout, <laughs> yeah. even though moving around, you still stayed pretty close to, to yeah. the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Same climate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> By choice, even when you got to choose to what school to go to. I know. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I really thought I was going to go to Duluth we just kind of have like family history with Duluth and I don't know yeah I was like Wisconsin sure this tiny school in Wisconsin <laughs> um so art degree yeah um I have a degree in fine arts with a concentration in ceramics okay I got really close to double concentrating in sculpture um, but I didn't want to stay an extra semester, so. <laughs> That's fair. I completely yeah. understand. Yeah. <clears throat> so was it always, I mean, since your dad is a ceramicist, is it like, was it always just like, this is what I'm doing? Like instant love type thing or? Um, no, actually, I... Yeah, I so my dad didn't end up doing ceramics with his his career. Uh, he's actually a graphic and web designer right now for an adventure travel company. Um, yeah, and when I was you know in like a junior in high school or whatever, I was like, oh, what should I do? Trying to be really responsible with thinking about what I should do with my life. And I thought I'd be a teacher. I actually thought I was going to be a math teacher, despite doing art my whole life <laughs> um and then um yeah at the last minute I was like no I think being an art teacher would probably be the best move for me so I actually went to get my art education degree and I did that for until my junior year of college and I had already taken a few ceramics classes and I just felt like that I want I just wanted to do ceramics I, that's all I felt like doing so um 
yeah, that's what I decided to do. I changed my major. I remember calling my parents and like, hey, I just want to let you know <laughs> that this is what I want to do with my life. And I think they were they were both hesitant, but my dad's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I yeah, and my mom um is an author, so um very creative family and very supportive mm -hmm. of my life choices. So that's awesome. Um and I understand like the like when I went to my undergrad, I went started out to be a shop teacher. Um and it did not take me maybe as long to go, hmm, no, teaching high schoolers, not, yeah, no, that's what I want to do. Um, and so I went an industry route, still not art route, but yeah, it's a, it's a good thing to realize before you like completely graduate and then go out and like, start the job and go oh I really really don't like this or you know it's just not the right fit for me well the thing is is I, I actually love teaching um and I I teach kids between the ages of like five to like 15 um and that's just like you know teaching ceramics but yeah, I just was not super keen on this whole, on the K through 12 curriculum. And yeah. there's just so many loopholes that you have to try to jump through. And it's, it's not even art based anymore. You know, it's trying to get those test scores up. So it just mm -hmm. wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. So are you, yeah, let's talk a bit about that. So like you have a studio practice um, right now. And then it sounds like, you're teaching too. Um, I mean, I find that pretty much every artist I know, like basically their careers are just hobbled together by all of these little pieces that have some kind of theme thread, you know, that goes through all of them, but it's never just like, I get to go work in my studio and make lots of money. I haven't met any artists like that yet. <laughs> yeah, I wish, I wish that was my life. I know. I think, yeah I feel like you know maybe in a few years I don't know I could I, I just pulling that out but um yeah so when I first moved out here you know just getting out of my undergrad degree I was like oh my god <laughs> what am I gonna do <laughs> because I had applied to the clay studio residency and I got denied um so I was really just moving out here and was like, I'm just going to live there and I'm going to figure it out. Um, yeah. And so I got out here and I first started teaching gymnastics. Um, fun mm -hmm. fact, I've been doing gymnastics since I was four. Just a side hobby. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was working really hard doing that. And then um, I, I found wildfire because I was just looking at space where could I work what could I do and at that point wildfire had only been open for a year so it was very very new and I think this is their their third year but yeah I applied and they're like yeah <laughs> come on in so that I just kind of lucked out in that scenario yeah and then for the next year I've just been me 
trying to work in the studio as much and trying to support myself via teaching gymnastics. And as much as I love teaching gymnastics, it was not paying the bills and my heart wasn't paying the bills and life was just really struggling. So uh, then I started working at a bank, which that's thrilling. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so things really didn't start kicking off until this summer when I was offered basically my dream job at the Clay Studio of Missoula. Uh, I am an outreach educator now. And so I travel to different schools in the district and teach after school courses on ceramics. Um, and it's all emotional based learning. So trying to learn how to evaluate how you're feeling and manage your emotions and things like that. So it's been extremely rewarding and it's allowed me to stop working at the bank and stop teaching gymnastics and just my whole life revolves around ceramics, which I really couldn't ask for anything more. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'd say um, that job has been, you know, just a, a steady income, nothing to write home about, but at least I know that I could <laughs> pay rent. <Right. laughs> yeah. And does the, does it, I mean, is like an added benefit? I'm just curious, like, do you also then get like, studio space like I want to say like rent free is part of like having that role there so I don't have studio space at the clay studio of Missoula okay um, yeah so wildfire and clay studio though everybody knows each other um they aren't connected in any way okay um, yeah so I it's just I think I get a free membership or something like that. <laughs> you know, whatever employee benefits. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and can you, like, you know, I follow you on social media, so I see the work that you create, but I want to, and I've had quite a few ceramicists on here, so, but most of them have dealt in, like, predominantly like the mug and bowl realm and yeah. I find you know your your work is definitely different so can you kind of just like how do you describe your work to people um well when I see people on the street um and well you know on the street yeah and they ask me what I do with my life I say well I'm a sculptural ceramicist so they're like oh what do you make like oh uh, well <laughs> um, <laughs> wormy thingies yeah um, in a, in a short synopsis I would say that uh, I create anthrop anthropomorphic figures um, and they are talking about the mundane of life uh, the little things that I feel like that go often go unnoticed and relationships between friends family siblings um, lovers and things of that nature so just just the little things and how did you start developing these uh worm thingies <laughs> you at first um yeah so when I was in undergrad I was trained as a functional potter and I, you know, I can, I can throw, I know how to do that. And I do it when I make cups, but yeah, I just never really liked it. Uh, I just, I liked working with clay and very rarely did we do sculptural based um, work. 
but yeah, I, I had my mid program review and my professor was like, you know, your work is just far too conservative for who you are as a person. And I've, yeah, anytime I think about back on school, I can, that was such a huge turning point for me. And, you know, it might've been kind of harsh, but I was like, man, you are so right. You are so right. Um, yeah, and I started challenging myself a lot. Um, one thing that I did was I really hated making teapots. I just absolutely hated it. So for an entire semester, I only made teapots, hoping that at <laughs> some point I would like it. <laughs> um, I never did. <laughs> Um, but what I did find out is that the teapot that I liked the most was completely not functional at all, but I loved how it looked. And that kind of sent me down this line of making sculptural work. Uh, I initially started thinking about the things that I like when I interact with the work, uh, like, you know, how I touch pottery, how, yeah, and different mm -hmm. things that in that way. Um, and then it turned into me really thinking about myself and like the world. So I was really thinking about that I had formed kind of a disconnection between my physical body and my mentality. And so I was making work talking about that relationship. So everything was very organy. <laughs> and so it was a lot of just like body parts that were estranged and things like that. Um, so, and I was really interested in tubes. So there was a lot of like intestinal things. And uh, as I've left school, I still have kept that thought process, but I think it's kind of turned into more an appreciation of existing and what existing feels like. And yeah, so they've just kind of turned into little friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, you said, you know, you, you kind of said, well, maybe that comment was a little harsh, but I think in maybe in reality is it gave you permission to like to push yourself out of the own, your own box you had created for yeah. yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Um, there was another thing I was going to say about my whole Sam's career. I completely forgot. I totally blanked on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, do you, I guess, where, where do you feel like going down that path and creating the pieces you create now, like, where has that brought you so far in like your own you know journey as a sculptor type thing um and where do you think where do you hope like that work's gonna take you moving forward so like how how do I feel my can you rephrase how, how do you feel like you're at this point right but like where do you see the connection besides just like doing the hustle of like trying to get you know something that's paying the bills and, and whatnot as far as just in general 
but where do you see the connection like with your work to that to like your everyday kind of practice and then like where do you hope it takes you that work takes you um I mean I I directly relate to all of the work that I'm doing um my most recent piece well I wouldn't say most recent but a piece I did recently um it's two pieces stacked on top of each other um, I'm actually directly connecting it to my dad and his uncle. Um, it's called Help Eat, and it's slightly related to a video game that my dad made when he was in college, um, where all it is is that you feed Cheerios to my uncle, and that's it. <laughs> so really, all of my work right now, I, I'm I'm just relating it to these little things. Um, and I'm working on this piece. I'm getting married in September. Um, and I'm, I have this piece that I'm working towards. Um, it's two groups of warm friends. Um, and it's going to form kind of like a rainbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like two clouds and then the rainbow, but they're piles of worms and then two that are reaching up for each other at the top. So um yeah just the joining of two families in that way um where I hope my work brings me you know I'm not thinking about what the evolution of my work is um and I don't think that that's something I want to do I think I want it to do that naturally um just as it has so far where I want my work to bring me though is that my dad doesn't practice ceramics hardly at all. And I can see that he really misses it. I mean, that's his degree. That's what he wanted to do with his life. Um, and I think ceramics is so expensive and mm-hmm. it's a fantastic medium to work with. And I know so many people want to do more with clay. So I just think the hard thing is having the opportunity to do it. So ultimately what my goal in is like in life is to open up a studio um kind of like what wildfire initially was going to be where it's just space and people rent out space um my thought process though was to keep it kind of moving is that people would have you know shelves and they could have, you know fire in the kilns and what whatever mm-hmm. um but only be here for about three months. And then we'd have a new cycle of people. Um, but you could reapply, but you have to wait a month or something like that so that it keeps letting people come in, you know, mm-hmm. having new people and yeah, but, you know, and still having it available for people to fire. But yeah, I just really think about how so many people don't have the opportunity and really want to do it um, and just don't have the space or the money or the time. Mm-hmm. and going so I don't know anything really about the, the part of the country that you're in but is it I mean are you in like an urban area or is it predominantly rural like kind of what's the the makeup um yeah so Missoula is definitely a city um it's about 70,000 people um, but it's all, so we're completely surrounded by mountains. So it's very like, and you're right here. <laughs> and yep. that's just it. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then there's a lot of rural area out, you know, around us, you know, the, mm-hmm. the closest city is like um, two hours away. So, um, yeah, any, anywhere that you're trying to get to somewhere else in Montana is going to take you a long mm-hmm. time. There, there's not, I mean, there's, yeah, there's really not a lot of little cities. It's just, yeah, there's a lot of country. Well, isn't it, isn't Montana's slogan sky country or something like that? Yeah, big sky country, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I guess I asked because when you talk about, like, access or trying to open up more access I'm just also curious like what would that access look like there like the makeup of people and you know I don't I don't know like how diverse of a community is it do you see like it since you are in the schools do you hope that that will be maybe like a pipeline to you know this dream kind of uh shared studio space yeah I mean I've um I taught one of the um board members of the school system here I taught her daughter and um, I've been in some contact with her and hoping to find some more outreach things but really uh when it comes down to being concerned about not having enough people I'm not concerned if I'm being Mm -hmm. yeah there's at the clay studio there is wait lists that are five to six months long um, of people mm-hmm. trying to find time or space there mm-hmm. so um yeah i think i think that having a space that's constantly cycling um would be really beneficial um, I just find that in a lot of places, I know that I've been at Wildfire almost two years now, and obviously I really appreciate that. I just think that when it's so long, um, spaces are, they're always full. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, once you kind of, <laughs> once you get in, you waited your turn and you got in, it's kind of like hard to give that up. Um yeah. to go back yeah. to waiting <laughs> for space yeah yeah and I know some people that have been that have had space at the clay studio for 10 years you know so and that's nothing against them and that's nothing against the clay studio I I just there's so many people that are that just want access mm-hmm. yeah yeah is there a big local artist like artist community there then Holy smokes, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 just the ceramics community alone is absolutely bonkers. Um, I know I joke with um, some family members of mine here, um, my fiance's cousins, they live here in town also. And uh, I think between me and those two cousins, we know the whole population of the town. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the art people they have um, all the people that work for the parks and rec and then all of the people that work for the breweries and I think that just sums up the whole town (laughs) (laughs) okay Um, do you 
guess how do you, how do you help build the community there around maybe not just ceramics but just in art in general I think that I'm what I'm doing with working through the clay studio with my outreach um I and I'm I wouldn't say that I'm trying to necessarily build a larger community um but more feel like kids and family members feel confident is that the word I want to use feel comfortable in art I think mm -hmm. that there's a lot of I don't know I just feel like Art is so touchy, and the, there's a there's a lot of Republicans that run our schooling system here, and all of those classes are just getting pushed into how do we benefit our math and reading scores. So okay. I, I, yeah, I think that doing this outreach, I'm just helping kids have the opportunity to actually do their art, um, mm -hmm. whether they're like really into it or not, just doing it because that can mean the whole world, just having an opportunity to express yourself or just be silly. Just, yeah. just do something for doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say I'm like going out of my way to try and make the community bigger. I think that just giving them the opportunity to make things is the best I can ask for. Mm -hmm. Do you feel more strongly either like between kind of teaching versus your own work? Is there anyone that pulls you more or do you feel like they're kind of very complimentary and you think you'll always, always have those components? I think I probably will always have those components. Um, obviously there's times where I'm like, man, I just don't feel like going to work, but I don't know anybody that doesn't feel that way. Right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I love teaching. I love teaching so much, and I love kids. They are hilarious. Just the things that they say and the way that they think about the world. I think that parts of me working with kids um, helps me feel a little bit more free in what I do. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah just I love the way that they think and they're constantly exploring um even even middle schoolers you know they're just testing the limits testing to see mm -hmm. what's what you're gonna let them slide with you know mm -hmm. uh, so I think that me teaching I'm I'm learning a lot from them and letting and they're helping me explore life as an adult mm -hmm. so I can I can definitely see that. Um, do you work to like? I do you take the track or work to take the track to like get your work into galleries or you know shows and that kind of thing? Or um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just hate doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I am trying to be a little bit better about that this year. Um, wildfire is kind of changing up how they are you know running our system around here so there's going to be a few less shows here 
Um, whereas I'm I'm used to there being a show every month. Mm. I and for Wildfire's mission statement to help um, emerging artists, that has been so incredible for me to be able to be in a show every month and you know working towards that mm -hmm. um and also to it, it you know it helps get your name out there but having not having that anymore means <laughs> i have to apply to more stuff that i just oh it's such a pain <laughs> it is i yeah. wholeheartedly agree even just um yeah i've been spending my break in between semesters for school just like looking at competitions to enter, looking at, you know, um, all the different like magazines I could try to get into, galleries to try to get into, like all of it. And half the time I just feel overwhelmed and like close the computer and walk away. Cause I'm like, I don't know what is more important <laughs> to do, <laughs> you know, yeah. one versus the other. And um, yeah there's not always really a great roadmap for um, how to be successful in those paths. Um, yeah. And I've shown at local galleries a fair amount here, um, but I haven't really, I've applied outside of the state and I haven't really gotten anything. So I'm hoping that my newfound following on social media, I hope that some of that gives me some kind of credibility. I don't mm -hmm. know how much it does, but, or at least, you know, my experience in studios, I'm not sure, but I, I there's a few different shows I'm trying to apply to. It's like some stuff at Red Lodge, but that's still in the state, <laughs> but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and maybe something in Minneapolis, you know, I know people there. So it's another thing of like, who do you know? And mm -hmm. who do you think that it'll get in? Which is, man, that's just the world, isn't it? All about who you know. Yes, it is. Um, it's, you know, at least 50% of the reason why I'm going to grad school is just to get a better network. <laughs> of people oh, yeah. Uh, yeah tell me about, and I'm not I'm not a very social person mm -hmm. I, obviously I can talk to people and that's fine I just I don't really go out of my way to try and right. make new acquaintances uh so I can't say networking is in my game it's not it's mm -hmm. not really my wheelhouse yeah but that's an interesting point too um you know because I worked for a lot of years building up social media and and now it's like, you know, it's decent. And I tend to fall though on social media of like, it gets me maybe more content work, um, uh, you know, where it's like content specific stuff, like brand work and stuff like that. But like, it's not getting me what I necessarily set out for social media to help get me which is kind of what you said of like getting your name out there and just like like where's that person like trying to find the people through social media that would 
vibe with what I'm creating and then like want to help propel that forward like I just haven't found that um and the sense of like my art and my design stuff um and so it's still like I don't know it's 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 an interesting world and I think everybody's trying to play this catch-up game right now of like social media has been the present for a long time but sometimes I feel like especially in the art world like they're holding on like till they die to all of the ways of the past Mm -hmm. and like haven't figured out how to how to make the two work together cohesively or you know to be able to float in between the two easily um I don't know what are are your thoughts on that because you do have you know you're definitely have a decent following on social media as well um like how do you feel the differences between like you're showing in a gallery to you know people seeing it on social media yeah um so a few thoughts that I had is like number one I would consider my work to be installation based I've I love doing installations but where do I do that? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's so hard to find people that want that um, space for that. And yeah, just they're gonna be like, well, who are you? You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're a year and a half out of undergrad. Why do we care about you? Right. Uh, yeah. But, you know, and when I was in school, I, all of our professors were like, this is you have to apply to galleries this is how you're going to make a living and one of my professors actually uh didn't even have a phone um (laughs) which just blows my mind I yeah I don't know how he did it but yeah but he was already like an established artist so right but trying to tell us coming out of undergrad to, to not have a phone in this new world and apply to shows, it's just unrealistic. And, and you know, honestly, I use social media to find um, calls for art, you know, as much as I try to stay in ceramic based places, it's, it's hard, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. The other thing that I struggle with is that even if you're doing these calls, a lot of the calls are still digitally based. So everything is mm-hmm. still just on the internet or it's, you know, in a magazine or something. Um, but yeah, it's hard to find being, being your work being somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that my work is so much more interesting when you're like there with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah but I mean I feel like that's that's for everybody um yeah I don't know and I'm struggling with trying to trying to find that balance between the digital world and the real world and how to grow myself in the real world I can't tell you how bad I want to get into ceramics monthly um (laughs) My friend Sarah, um, she she also applied into Ceramics Monthly, 
and she has like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and they're like no sorry <laughs> but then you know somebody else that had known her that worked for Cervix Monthly was like well do you want to do this separate thing so it, it was it's that scenario is funny because a part of it was really them still being like no you don't have enough whatever, whatever. yeah right. And then one person was like, no, she's actually a big deal. She should be in the magazine. But she wasn't um, emerging artist of the year or anything like that. So do you think yeah. some of it, do you think some of it might be a, the disconnect between, like, I find this with brands too, right? Like there's brands that I work with that have been around for a hundred plus years and they're like, still privately owned you know most of them family-owned companies and the owners if they're still alive like are you know 60 70s plus and then they hire like the marketing person who's like the person who's dealing with me via social media and the marketing person's like 20 too mm -hmm. you know and like has grown up on social media um and gets it like gets like this is what we're doing now right this is how we gain eyeballs and uh get attract attract people to us and all this stuff and it's just like you see the battle between like the 22 year old marketing person and then like the 75 year old owner of the company who's just like just put an ad in a newspaper or you know uh -huh. like or who's this person I've never heard of them before and it's like they have you know a million followers we should be working with them yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like do you think it's like that too with like the art galleries and magazines like the the it's like the old guard still who's like determining who gets in and they're not looking at social media as regularly and like consuming it to understand like there's a broader world than just like I don't know how many galleries have you been in or whatever like that doesn't equ always equate to a better artist just because somebody's done more shows right yeah absolutely um <laughs> not to be like super cynical but doesn't that just sound like our world <laughs> yes it does unfortunately <laughs> um uh yeah it does Yeah, I just think back at that professor being like, just apply to more shows, just keep applying to more shows. Um, and yeah, you get rejected from so many just because for whatever reason, you know, right. and it's, and it's, it's just like applying to jobs, really, if they're like, oh, well, you don't have enough experience. It's like, well, I'm in my studio every day. What right. more experience do you need? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the yeah, you're right. It's the conundrum of the, the college graduate too, right? Like you don't have enough experience. And it's like, well, I can't get enough experience until somebody freaking hires me so yeah. that I can have the experience that yeah. I'm looking for. Um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely, it's kind of kind of one of those things too. I mean, I I hear it from my same professors, like, you know, they're they tell us like, okay, apply for, you know, my program specifically is 3D design. So I'm designing and making like furniture and home decor products and lights and stuff like that. 
but they're like the only way you make it as a designer is to apply to competitions and get you know recognized and win these competitions and they'll flat out say like well what's being shown and I do to I do agree to a point like what's being shown on social media is the now like we don't get to see the past we don't get to pull from like you know other things and I totally get that but then also I'm like okay true however the social media is telling us like what people react to now and so if I have something that somebody's like that a whole bunch of people are reacting to how can you tell me like this one thing isn't worthy because I put it into a competition and didn't win like yeah if a hundred thousand people say that this thing is worthy shouldn't we also be looking at what a hundred thousand people say is worthy like I don't you know um it just seems disconnected just because you know we aren't paying as much so to speak because I have a strong feeling that if we were if we were in the 50s we would be focusing on what people are making right now I think it would be the same scenario um Yeah. yeah but just because it's right now doesn't mean it's not any less significant um yeah I couldn't agree more yes yeah and, I mean and I don't know the answer either right I don't know the answer of like what would make it better or what would make it seamless I just feel I don't know I don't know I'm probably the only one who ever does this but like if I happen to watch which I don't very often but happen to watch like a reality show singing competition or whatever I'm like where's this show for like the rest of us like where's this like why is it crowdsourcing of like the rest of talented people (laughs) yeah yeah I know I can't go on that show and be like I made this right and they're like okay okay yeah yeah (laughs) I think that something that I'm still struggling with is that according to the art world, I'm still, I mean, I'm very young, but I am a child, you know, they're like, you hardly even finished school. What do you know? You know, you don't have a master's degree. What do you know? Right. Right. Um, yeah. And like, Yeah just and trying qualifications for literally anything and I wish that but also you know how contradictory is it that if you were to be like well I have a million followers on Instagram and be like wow what do you freaking do for you so yeah I know I wish there was a way to to interlock them because you know I my past two sales I've I've sold out you know shouldn't that say something for what I'm doing with my life yeah yeah um yeah I don't know how long did it take you to how long did it take you I guess to move from maybe just inspiring people on Instagram to people like you said like people you know buying and selling out on your sales um I feel like it's all very 
very recent. And I don't know what the answer is to social media. I don't know. I've had a few people ask me because I've grown like practically 70,000 people in like a month. And I, I didn't know, how was I supposed to know that that was gonna happen? And I've had people ask me like, how do you do it? I have no idea. I have no, I just, I just keep saying like jokingly, but also kind of serious. Like I just kind of showed up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just was like, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't know how much it's been inspired or, or like how it's been inspiring to people. I'm not sure. But my first time I sold out was this summer. And then mm-hmm. I waited until November to have another sale and I sold out again. So, and the first, both of those times, um, I had, I think the first time I had about 10,000 followers. And then when I had my sale, I only had 13,000 followers. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know what it takes. Mm-hmm. Um the thing that I've been trying to do the most is be super authentic, super genuine about what I, my life is actually like and what building is actually like for me. Um, and I always try to be like, really, cause I'm naturally just kind of silly. <laughs> just mm-hmm. silly things. So it, in all of my posts, I try to just be, this is just who I am um mm-hmm. take it kind of deal um yeah does that answer your question <laughs> yeah no yeah I mean it's just always I mean personally I I always struggle making any sales via social media um and I just I've never I think part of it is like and I know this about myself, part of it is like, if I put something up once and get no traction, then I kind of go into negative, like, self-talk of just like, well, everybody hates what you just did. So nobody <laughs> has any interest in it whatsoever. Um, and then I just like, don't try that specific thing, like ever again, right? It's like, tried it once, it failed. Nope, I'm done. Um without ever putting it into context of like oh yeah well your engagement's been down for months now so something's going on and your work isn't any worse than it ever was before just whatever's going on in the world you know it's just not working in your favor right now but so I think it can be hard for others who do see people being like successful like you know selling out or whatever on Instagram and then they put out their thing and it doesn't get anything and I think that just like can totally depending on the person can derail derail them from trying that any further yeah I was I was talking to my friend Sarah about this and um her partner was kind of explaining we're all ceramics people and um her partner was kind of explaining I'm really close with her partner and um how they were just feeling 
that either like they're, they were excited for me, but the, you know, they're feeling envious, you know, how come mm-hmm. that's not happening to me? Um, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to like to my own horn or, or in anything mm-hmm. or any, anything like that, but I think something that functional potters may struggle with is that finding the uniqueness, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know this field I just the way I'm explaining this I don't want to be like no I, I I mean I think I think what you're maybe you're trying to get to and I would if this is where you're going I completely agree because I've seen it in my own stuff which is like I feel like at least when I first went on to social media at all I was like trying to placate to the masses and wasn't really like being authentic to myself or just like or even just like settling into myself and you know I'm like I'm I'm goofy I'm weird like (laughs) I'm not but like not showing any side of that right like just trying to be like super professional and like oh everybody wants boxes right now okay that's what I'm gonna make even if it's not like what I want to do that's just you know just an example but it's like I think maybe what you're hitting on is like it once you like resign yourself to just be yourself and like make something quirky that like maybe only you think you would ever like and sharing that I think that's when you can start gaining traction because people are like oh there's that authentic person like otherwise it gets lost right because there's nothing standing out even if your product would be unique or your art would be unique, if, if it's not matched by like you, like, I don't think people stop and, and watch. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, and like, I see this with, I'm just going to keep referencing Sarah. She's She's doing incredible with her career right now, but she is like, very authentic even when she's doing her like you know branding and stuff like that and she's very just like just being who she is and mm-hmm. I see that people respond to that um and then like you know other friends of mine that are doing their branding and it's like I got this it's like that's cool <laughs> I wish I got that too anyway yeah like yes yeah yeah, I, I know there's a, maybe it's this fine line that you have to build of being professional, but yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a conversation you have to have with yourself too. Like, like I've started to have to tell people because I've had local people basically. Yeah, you, you want to hunt me. I, well, local people who have kind of hunted me down, you know, through like, I have my contact information like email and stuff like that through social media to be like hey can I like you know can I come learn from you or whatever which is totally fine and I do that but I've started to have to because like they'll always start with like you're just like so funny and energetic like on social media and I have to be like that's because I'm doing it with my phone with nobody around. So I'm yep. going to let you know that when we meet in person, I might not talk as much. <laughs> like, like I am generically or generally an introvert, um, yep. you know, and it's taken me a long time to like push myself on social media to like 
act as if the phone is somebody that's like really close to me and I don't care that they see me being a dork you know but I just like I have had to put that caveat out there because I'm like I don't know what you're expecting from this personality that you're seeing like on social media but yeah. yeah I know um sometimes you know when I when I meet people in person and they're like oh I I follow you on social media I'm always like oh Thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I never know what I'm supposed to say to that. Like, oh, exactly. thank you. Thanks. Yes, yeah. It's been a really, really long time since I had that happen to me. Um, in fact, when it did happen to me, I was super small, like maybe 2,000 followers. And it's just like, it happened really close to each other. I had a couple of random people like out in the store being like, I follow you on Instagram or whatever and it would be like thank you and just keep walking you know don't know what to say um but recently I taught a class at the like local um community college and they put me on the cover and that goes out to like everybody's mailbox and so that was a little bit more like I didn't think it was a big deal I'm like so what I'm on whatever I'm on the course catalog like who cares like it's not a thing you know but then people were like I've seen you know I saw you on the cover of blah 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 blah. and I was like okay (laughs) you know how can I look completely different when I leave the house so I don't have to have these conversations (laughs) Um, yeah I uh there was one time that I was recognized like on the street which was really weird um because yeah like I've had some people, but I go to the same coffee place every day and mm-hmm. uh, they don't follow me on social media or anything. Right. And I like one day was like, oh yeah, well, I'm having a sale. I'm doing really well, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh my God, you're famous. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> I've been like very firm on like, I'm just some lady. Like, yes. I'm just somebody. Um, yeah. yeah, but mm-hmm. I was recognized on the street one time and it was so weird because I was just like out like having a drink with some of my friends mm-hmm. and this car just like was in the street like you know just about to drive away and they're like are you Kevs Conway and I was like uh yes and they're like I love your pottery like I started driving away <laughs> it was very strange yeah yeah it definitely I don't envy, I used to when I was, you know, on the start of the journey, like I go to conferences with a lot of like YouTubers or other social media, like bigwigs in the same kind of field. And just even going to those conferences and seeing people like who go to the conferences just to hang around with these like, you know, big YouTubers. And I'm like, no know because people feel like they know you but they don't know you and so they come up and start talking to you as if you're best friends and you're like you know slow your roll (laughs) i don't know you yeah that's my purse i don't know you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know i yeah and like when people are like oh i follow you on social media and I think that they, they're thinking that it's going to like strike up a conversation. Um, but I never have any response to that 
you know, I, like I said, I'm literally just some lady yes. <laughs> that made things. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. I know I was gonna go to Inseca this year. Um, unfortunately, it's just a little bit out of my price range. Um, but that's one of those things where it's like, I mean, it's great for marketing yourself, but it is so much let's go get drunk with all these big league people, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, marketing yourself is great, but I still don't know who you are and I'm still nervous right. to talk to you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. A thousand percent. Yeah. Um, well, we're, uh, actually at the end of our time together so I want to give you a chance to let people know uh how to find you follow along on that social media so they can act like they know you when they're up to you on the street <laughs> and uh yeah if you have any like upcoming shows or anything like that you can let us know about that too yeah um my Instagram handle is Gabs Conway makes dirt spelled exactly how it sounds um and I have a shop update my link is in my bio or you can just look up Gabs Conway um I have a shop update uh February 26th and um I have a show at Wildfire starting March 3rd so and that will also be available online so awesome awesome well thanks for chatting with me today um I really enjoyed getting to learn more about you yeah, thank you so much for having me. I this was a this was a nice just casual conversation about work and I appreciate That's that right. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so again that was Gabs Conway and I will include links to her Instagram and her website in the show notes for today's episode. Best way to find that is in the episode description on your favorite podcast app. If you would like to support the podcast in an ongoing way, please head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting a revolution and check out the ways you can get involved there. Or you can also head on over to iTunes and give the podcast a five-star review. While you're at it, uh, you can check me out, your host, Katie Freeman at Freeman Furnishings on Instagram, and uh, that's primarily where you'll find me these days. All right, until the next episode, let's go craft a revolution. She, her, fan, they got something they want to say. Solution for the toxic masculinities. Pollution is the constant evolution of a broken institution. So here's our resolution. We're crafting revolution.